Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 19th of November 2012. I always suggest at the beginning of the broadcast and get out of the way that people should make good use of the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and uh, there's hundreds and hundreds of audios for free download there where you start to understand this incredibly complex system that you're born into and how pretty well everything is deception. That's how it runs uh, itself and you, of course. The deception's all for you. So you'll get a completely different view of what the world is all about and what's happening and what the new norms are. You'll accept new normals quite naturally because you're brainwashed at school as they upgrade you like a computer. And often the new norms are completely opposite of the old norms. And um, I go into the organizations that work for this new world order, as they call it, the age of transition. This is a century of change where people who've planned this a long time ago plan to bring it all in and have it functioning at the end of the century, this whole brand new ordered society. So help yourself the website. Remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you, and so you can help me keep going by buying the books and discs at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, and you can donate as well. And from the, remember, from the U.S. to Canada, you can still use personal checks to Canada. You can also use uh, PayPal. You can use international postal money orders from the post office. You can uh, send cash. And across the world, you've got Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal. So again, member straight donations are awfully, awfully welcome in these hyperinflationary times as we go into them. Of course, we're told it's all to do with austerity. And austerity is just part of the, the, the century of change, is to train you to live on less and whatever you get. All the things that you understand that you need to survive is now, is now, are now owned. Everything's open, owned by uh, corporations cabals of corporations and so literally they've got strangleholds on everyone across the whole planet every country and they're tightening it all the time as they amalgamate and amalgamate and amalgamate and also use laws to do with environmentalism and so on to make us even stronger so it's not very pleasant at all the future the way it's worked out but they plan to train us all into this poverty uh, situation that the global plantation while the elite at the top can run the world properly with a a bevy of scientists beneath them, all uh, working it out for them with think tanks, etc., etc., and government agencies. Not pleasant whatsoever. And your reality, the bottom, will be absolutely junk. A junk reality, which everyone will be taught to believe in. Implicitly, too, like a, like a religion. It's already taught like a religion, mind you. You have to understand how religions work and belief systems and faith and all the rest of it. And the big boys have studied this for a long time. So they're using all of these techniques, uh, to, to get it through using emotive techniques to put fear into children, showing them photographs of forests dying and so on. They never mention the aerial spraying and all the other things that they're doing to us at the moment, too. But these little children have no, no ability to, to think they're being lied to. Why should they? They think they're being lied to. And here they are being indoctrinated through Pavlovian techniques with emotion 
and Japan, you know, bears dying off and, and the Arctic and all this stuff, which is nonsense, are actually expanding. And um, so one-sided stories full of propaganda work tremendously to shape a person's entire life, beginning with the, the youngsters. It's always been that way. So the, 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 if the parents don't believe either, you see, the parents are also being indoctrinated with everything that they watch. All these documentaries on television are authorized to lie to them. And I've gone through so many articles by the big boys themselves from the United Nations, uh, IPCC, talking about this, this very, very thing and how their top people are always lying to the public, giving you scary scenarios so you'll give all your rights up and let them run you and rule you. It works every time, but unfortunately there's no complaints department in this big system. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts, talking about the big system we're born into. It's a very, very complex system. Uh, There's so many key terms you can punch up on the internet. You'll find thousands and thousands of organizations attached to each one to do with the New World Order. Uh, Just on sustainability alone, for instance, you'll see all the different names. Thousands, over half a million, I think. And they're all NGO organizations, which are set up by the big foundations, uh, to run the world, uh, bypass what you think is democracy. They'll keep the con of democracy going, mind you, and get you to vote. But these organizations have nothing to do with democracy. They don't, they don't believe in democracy. The Club of Rome, remember, the big think tank for the United Nations, has stated that the democracy would never work. And apart from that, even if it could work, it would take far too long to get their big plans on the go uh, if they had to debate everything in front of the general public. So you understand we're living in a false paradigm in a sense. And um, when you go through these organizations, as I say, it could take you a thousand lifetimes to try and catch up. Just you searching and studying them all. There's so many of them, and that's, that's the technique of this new world order. You understand there's too many organizations to study that affect your life. They're making decisions in every part of society, from children to adulthood to old age, everything. Uh, it's just incredible how many there are out there. And this is intentional, too, is, is to throw you right off once you get started into it. So therefore, it's not necessary, remember, to study them all. You study the heads of them, the ones that started the multitudes, you might say. And again, you have to go into the foundations that fund them. And that narrows it a lot and gets you right down back to basics because that's how it's really, really done. So see that there's so many organizations out there that's meant to literally astound you and throw you off track as to what's happening in the world. What you can certainly say is you have no say in any of this. You're never consulted on anything that's going to affect your lives. And that's across the whole world, for instance. You forget this idea of democracy. You have never been run in any democratic fashion. You have never been run that way. It hasn't, hasn't happened. So, personally, I, I just can't, you know, understand the folk who even bother to vote anymore. I really don't. They think that most of them who voted even in America thought they would get something for nothing for a while. They have no idea what's coming down the pike. They have none at all. But, uh, as I say, we're not democratic. You never will be. And that's the, that's from the Club of Rome itself. 
even though they pretend they're spreading democracy across the world through all these wars. Remember, the New American Century group under Bush Jr. had revolutionary democracy where you invade countries and you, you basically, whoever's left and you haven't slaughtered, you force them to take democracy. The same farce that we have so as another people can, can come in, uh, not from the country that's invading you, and then run you because they get all the political jobs. But in a century of change, too, uh, the idea is also to wean out. Because see, there's so many new, new governmental institutions and departments to do with the new world order itself and austerity and everything else. They want to shed some of the, the old ones that they had departments and, and put it into private hands and to do with even schooling, for instance. All your institutions that you set up, public institutions you paid for, all your energy institutions are all being privatized or have been already in most countries. And they're doing the same now with uh, this article here, for instance, talks about schools in Britain. It says Prime Minister David Cameron's former policy chief has called for profit-making firms to be brought in to run England's persistently failing schools. And James O'Shaughnessy says proven education firms should be paid by results to teach such school or to turn such schools around, which is a joke. You can't turn them around. These children are brought up in, in, in a schizophrenic society where they're on their cell phones all the time. They're watching porno since childhood. I've got articles on that tonight, too. And they think life is supposed to be all, all about fun. They, they don't know what serious means, you know. So they know what's causing all the problems, but it doesn't matter. They know this. You cause a problem, and then you offer your solution, which puts people further under the thumb. That's how it works. Anyway, his report for the policy exchange, Think Tank, says England faces a serious educational problem, and private organizations are allowed to run schools in England, but currently not for profit, which is a joke, because private schools, when you see the pay... See, when you're a not-for-profit organization, you can give the chairman or CEO uh, £5 million a year for his own salary if you want to, or 10 There's no law or restrictions on that. So it's a, it's a misnomer, and it's a con to say they're not-for-profit. Why do you think there's so many not-for-profit organizations out there? Look at the salaries of the guys at the top and the staff. Anyway, Sean is who quit number 10 in order this year, called for private troubleshooting firms to be brought in under a new three strikes and you're out rule based on the new tighter uh, Ofsted inspection regime. It says the report says that the first Ofsted notice to improve schools should be obliged to become a state-funded but privately run academy under a new sponsor. So not only do you pay the same money, you pay more money from the public purse to pay these private organizations. That's generally called plunder, you know, when you do this kind of stuff. And, and that's what the New World Order, that's what public-private means. This, the, the, the people pay for everything for private corporations. Uh, so the private corporations have nothing but profit. You pay for maintenance, for upkeep, and for everything else, even for your roads. And the private corporation just pockets all the excess change. Not bad, that, eh, when you have no outlay at all and maintenance fees. So the second academy would be adjoined to join a successful academy chain of at least three schools bound together legally, financially, and operationally. If no improvement is seen by the third notice to improve, the governing body would be obliged to hand over the running of the school to a proven educational management of organization, which may or may not make profit. So there you go. And doing that with everything, even for, with charities coming in supposedly, who are now getting paid for it. Once again, NGO groups, non-government organizations, charities are coming in and taking parts of what the healthcare used to do and take care of the elderly or the sick in their homes. Uh, they're now doing that too. 
So if you want a future, go into an NGO because that's where the money is going to be. And in Germany, of course, it's gone awfully green, apparently, uh, and they're cutting back on the nuclear fuel and all the rest of it. It's just now that a, not a day has passed, or now that a day has passed since the Munich blackout, the Munich city utility uh, has still has not been able to determine the cause of the blackout. It's a mystery, they say. And many naughty citizens are speculating that Germany's frantic, hasty rush to renewable energy may have contributed to the blackout because of the growing grid instability caused by the wildly fluctuating wind and solar power feed-in. The green mainstream media have reacted testily and hissy about such suspicions, insisting that the blackout had nothing to do with Germany's use of the clean planet-saving energy. It's like, how dare you suspect renewable energy? And it is like that, isn't it? It's like, it's like a god that's written this in stone, and you can't, you can't demand questions or criticize it. Much higher prices for a much crappier supply, it says here. If unstable grids, blackouts and crappy supply aren't bad enough, today we learn that we were going to have to pay a hell of a lot more for the power in 2013. What a deal. It's a story of the green economy, much crappier products, astronomically higher prices, and that's the way across the world, isn't it? Since electric bills are to take a record hike in January, millions of German households will see the energy bills rise in January with electricity bill firms publishing revised price plans this week. Uh, Vattenfall said its prices would increase by 13%. The average hike would be around 10%, it seems. Now hundreds of providers have tweaked their prices ahead of next week's deadline for new rates. The increases have been described as the biggest ever seen in generally uh, price-stable Germany. And it says the main reason given for price increases is government's guarantee for a rate for energy from sustainable sources that's well above market prices. The biggest beneficiary of the environmental levy is the state, which is set to cash in 1.4 billion euro uh, through, uh, through the system in 2013. So the state will benefit. The state is all powerful now, isn't it? It's like George Orwell's 1984. And we accept it too, you know. And this article, too, is to do with, um, it says, uh, cabals and child abuse, abuse. It says, an ugly truth, our system of law enforcement and justice is broken. Quite simply, it bullies the victims and protects men in positions of power. And it says, old wounds are being reopened again. Another previously buried report of organized paedophilia in North Wales has, is turning, turning up. Fears that revelations could lead to the authorities being sued again. It's the same pattern of key evidence and key witnesses not being included in these inquiries and hearings. It prompts the question, what else hasn't been included as evidence? What evidence destroyed? More key incriminating evidence in the North Wales scandal has been reported as lost by the police. This appears to be generally acceptable for the government, seeing that no counter-investigation was launched to find out who has been losing all its important evidence. It's also known that former Deputy Director of the, the Bryn Allen uh, Boys Home, Des Frost, was not called as a witness, despite being one of the men who'd originally reported abuse at the home to the police. What should be clear by now is that the Waterhouse inquiry was anything but thorough, and now Lord's peers are calling for further Waterhouse reviews to stop. 
This is question, what did the then Welsh Secretary William Hague know and when did he know it, it says. The establishment storyline today we're extending to support the, uh, is this five separate documented cover-ups in 27 years and over 2,000 witness statements are all the work of media vandals and deluded conspirators. That's what the, the peers are trying to get at. It seems like those in positions of power and influence as well as wealthy elites in public life are pushing back because they don't want certain dirty deeds to be exposed to the public at large. If they're exposed, it will most surely alter the power structure in Britain for some time to come. These revelations simply cannot come to light, period. And that's a fact, folks. They can't go any deeper into all this stuff, even with the Savile stuff, to see who his connections were, who was supplying children to, who else attended these parties that he set up. Uh, because they're simply too important in this day and age, and uh, it will never happen. It simply will never happen. Uh, this article two I'm putting up tonight is to do with uh, a petition to the White House that's been sent to stop geoengineering. And it says here that we, the people of the U.S. of America, pursuant to the Bill of Rights Amendments 1, declare we are grieved over the presence of chemtrails in the airspace over the USA and petition the U.S. government to take immediate action to cease all geoengineering, harp and chemtrail activity in the airspace over the U.S. of America. Now get back to this one when I come back from this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're back cutting through the Matrix and talking about a petition to stop geoengineering in the, in the U.S. Hope other countries take, uh, you know, copy, copy this as well and start their own ones because it's disgusting what's going on as they daily spray this stuff overhead and you watch everybody coughing and getting sick. It kills off their birds and everything else too. And they know this at the top, mind you, but it won't stop them because they've got big, big plans that you can't even fathom. Big plans. Not always what you think, too. It's always a beyond what you even think. But anyway, I'll put this link up tonight for those that want to join the petition, and they can do so And at cuttingthroughdematics.com. You can get the links there. Also, getting back to the paedophilia, there's an article came out, too, to do with a shock new question from Australia, A Diary of Deception and Distortion. And it's about Lord McAlpin, the, the guy who sued the BBC for being falsely accused. It's awfully interesting, though. It says, is he a Machiavellian scribophile? And it goes into Lord Alistair McAlpin. Uh, a few years ago, he was promoting a book and about somebody that he likes to admire, Prince Machiavelli, it says. So it's funny how the desire to promote book sales can come back to haunt a man anxious to cultivate an image of unworldly naivety and scrupulous honesty. And it says, the slog, it's from the slog that this guy who writes this, invites all those with an open mind to judge for themselves about just who has been manipulating whom for over the last five days. And then you scroll down in it to do with the book that McAlpine himself had written. And it's to do with manipulating the masses. And in, in the book it actually says, he actually says that a good way to get people off, let's say, a political party's back is to claim something, uh, accuse somebody of something uh, falsely. And you set up the whole thing to be accused and, and then you can prove your innocence. And, and bingo, he says, the whole inquiry falls apart. Everybody else then is suspect. Any real accusers are then suspect from then on. It's actually in his book. And so, Quite amazing, this guy is an expert in this technique, and he used it for himself, 
and basically everybody's terrified now to, to, to sue anybody in Britain because he did this very thing. He got himself sued by someone who then retracted it and the BBC got sued. So I'll put on the technique and, and the name of the book and so on uh, that McAlpin came out with. That seems to be his speciality. Quite something, isn't it, the world we live in? Isn't that really something? Very clever too, isn't it? Very, very clever. you got to admit they're clever. The Asian Future and Asian Integration. Understand under the, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, a private organization that runs the Council on Foreign Relations across the whole planet, runs all your media across the whole planet, all members of it, gives your presidents, prime ministers, set up the European Union, set up the Asian Integration, set up NAFTA to in- integrate the Americas. Here they are, I'll put this up tonight, Council on Foreign Relations own Asian's Future and Asian Integration, uh, the working paper on it. And it's, uh, it's quite interesting how they're moving really full speed ahead too to integrate all of those Asian nations under a separate block still. It's amazing that Karl Marx talked about the three trading blocks in the 1800s. I mean, he had a little insight himself. You know, he, he belonged to special groups and, and he knew it was coming down the pike. And here we are with the three big trading blocks, just the way he said it. Must be lucky to have a crystal ball like that, isn't it? if you believe in that kind of stuff. But anyway, facial recognition technologies now is expected to soon to be the norm amongst law enforcement. And we know where it's all going, uh, all of this. I hope you understand the dangers. Most folk don't understand the dangers of this. If you understand even how the Soviet Union was run without this technology, the technology of the day. But, you know, when the Soviet Union uh, went into Poland and other countries, they already had their plants uh, working in government de- agencies and departments, especially the departments of census control and census data. And so when the Soviets went in, they went, they went to that, their exact homes of people they had targeted on lists, and then they killed them by the millions. And that was just through, through the data they had of them, what parties that you voted for, that kind of stuff. Uh, any objections you made about certain kinds of governments and so on, they killed you. And all that data, that was not, wasn't a lot of data, but that was enough to get you killed. Today you're living in totalitarian regimes and you don't, you think it's all quite normal. They know everything about you, every word you've said on the phone, uh, you've tweeted, whatever, they know every darn thing and it's going to be used against you all when they really get busy and show the teeth. And that will come. All this phase of setting it all up and, and, and even telling us what they're doing is all part of that. There's going to be a bloodbath down the roads because these ones at the top are the same people who ran the Soviet Union, if you didn't know that. And it's an internationalist group. It's been here for many, many centuries. And they are ruthless. Anyway, back to the facial recognition, it says, in a single second law enforcement agents could match a suspect against millions upon millions of profiles and vast detailed databases stored on the cloud. It's all done using facial recognition in Southern California is already occurring. So imagine the police taking a picture, any picture of a person anywhere and matching it on the spot in less than a second to a personalized profile, scanning millions upon millions of entries from within vast intricate databases stored on the cloud. And it says it's done with state-of-the-art facial recognition technology, and Southern California is already doing it. At least one law enforcement agency in San Diego is currently using software developed by Face First. It's a division of nearby Camarillo, California's Airborne Biometrics Group. 
It can positively identify anyone as long as physical data about a person's facial features is stored somewhere the police can access. So it's all here, folks. This was everything you've said. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, and back cutting through the matrix. Another article too is changing the Climate Change Act. And the UK government says green energy commitments were made very foolishly. And it's just good to see the British government is finally realising that renewable energy is foolish and that a fundamental change in course is necessary. This and it shows you a video here revealed by Greenpeace, who of course are shocked that Britain would want to end its folly. Well, Greenpeace have always been a front organisation for the big one organisation that runs the world anyway. But uh, don't count on, on the government's backing down because they want to bring in utter chaos across the world and say there's too many people we can't feed you all, all that, that kind of stuff as they kill off all the farmers as well and get them out of business except for the big agribusiness companies, about five of them who run the world's uh, food supply worldwide. Five businesses run it all pretty well. And um, because that's, that's what they understand to run the world you've got to under the most ancient trick in the book is, is owning, uh, using food as a weapon. And you kill off a lot of people in the same time too. So they want to kill off a lot of people. They've said it already. So many of the big wigs themselves have said it. And I put links up before and all their quotes. And it's a great way to do it. And all the water too. The water isn't yours anymore, remember. The United Nations decides who, uh, where they distribute it through private corporations. But no, you don't own your water. And shortly you won't be able to plant a garden as well. There's no doubt about that. And what's interesting, too, is, as I've said before, this whole Savile thing would be spun off into a different area. And you understand, the big boys use crisis to their advantage. In other words, if they have an agenda on the go, they'll use something to bring in the agenda. And they'll even use something that seems to attack themselves. And I I said that with this whole pedophilia thing, it'll happen that way, too. So out comes an article uh, from the Mail Online that specializes in promoting almost pornography, because what's lived on all these years, if you look at all the pictures down the right-hand columns. But it says, Internet porn and the rape suspects are aged 10. It says, New fear for young after 24 police forces, in, I guess in Britain, arrest under 13-year-olds for sex crimes in a year. doesn't tell you how many. But the scale of sexual offenses committed by primary school children revealed seven police forces detained at least one 10-year-old male survey finds. And it's his link between sexual assaults and easy access to online uh, pornography as one of the culprits. So, it says, the scale of sexual offences committed by primary school children was revealed in disturbing figures from police forces across the country. 24 forces arrested children under 13 for suspected rape in the past year, while 7 detained at least one 10-year-old. The figures obtained by the Daily Mail under a Freedom of Information request highlight growing concerns of the influence of online pornography on impressionable young minds. Now, remember what I've said before, and I've read the article just about a week ago to do with uh, Planned Parenthood, that's the far, far left, believe you me, uh, although they're owned by the bankers at the top that run both sides. 
and the United Nations, that is all, also part of, of this whole thing, the Royal Institute for International Affairs owns the United Nations, and in fact, the Royal Institute for International Affairs is a private organization that wanted to bring in, they started to bring in the push for not women's rights, but the women's rights for abortion and depopulation, because they're part of the eugenics society too, they run that and fund it. Still on the go, by the way. But anyway, they want to bring in and eliminate and abolish the age of consent for children. So start tying this article in with all the paedophilia stuff you've read lately and see where it goes. I've even seen articles over the past year or so where judges have let um, the accused go and suspected paedophilia. One of them was a 12-year-old girl in the States, and the judge said, well, she was rather precocious for her age. See, you can see where it's going. Understand? These are cunning, cunning uh, bar stewards at the top. Anyway, says the figures obtained by the Daily Mail uh, shows you that pornography is, I mean, culprits. Yesterday, the NSPCC spokesman John Brown said there was undoubtedly a link between children carrying out sexual assaults and easy access to online pornography. They never mentioned entertainment business either that they're watching along with their dumbed-down parents. And music video games, videos and so on too, that's just about sex, sex, sex. John Carr from the Children's Charities Coalition on Internet Safety says there's already a widespread feeling the Internet is playing an unhealthy part in the early sexualization of children and these revelations about the rest of 10-year-olds for rape will add fuel to the flames. Mind you, too, I mean, the, the United Nations World Health Organization, etc., along with Planned Parenthood and all the rest of it, has been pushing to have pornography used as part of the sexual education of very young children. And you're wondering why this is happening. Of course you know why it's all darn well happening. It's in your face why it's happening. Because uh, it's meant to happen, folks. That's why. But this is about the Prime Minister's promise to toughen controls on internet pornography. The, you know, years ago, the only thing that most folk who were not on the internet knew about it was, was the mail saying, uh, and, and the, the newspaper saying, oh, it's full of pornography, to try to get folk to go into it. That was the big bait. Anyway, they don't make putting filters, optional filters, when a customer buys a new computer or signs up to a new provider. But the mail has called for much stricter controls. We see an automatic pornography block with users having to opt in to view adult material. Anyway, the figures were uncovered in a survey of all 52 police forces across Britain. And of the 39 that responded, 31 forces had arrested children between the ages of 10 and 13 on suspicion of rape in the past year. Then they give you some of it. It says, a boy of 12, I remember reading an article last year, it says, a boy of 12 raped a nine-year-old neighbor because he wanted to feel grown up after watching hardcore pornography online. With unrestricted access to the internet, the schoolboy, now 14, looted explicit sites before taking the girl to a garden shed and copying what he'd watched. And it says, the shocking case on the Isle of Skye came to light because the girl started to feel ill and told her mother that she was scared that she had a baby in the tummy. The High Court in Edinburgh heard earlier this year how the boy repeatedly attacked a girl between December 2010 and January uh, 2011. He also abused her in his bedroom while a 12-year-old friend watched. The boy later confessed to police and showed them the hardcore sites he'd seen online. Asked why he copied them, he said it's because of temptation and to feel grown up. So it's going on and on and on, but it's, it's the whole idea is to hypersexualize children before they even have puberty now. And a lot of them out there, they want to hypersexualize them about the age of five and six now and show them pornography in school. 
So, you know, I hope you can think out there, you know. You understand, often you can lead people to, to like a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. People are so conditioned today, unless you take the last step, you can give them nine steps and one to go they, to make their own mind up. But unless you take them to that last step, they, they literally can't get, they can't go there themselves. They're so conditioned with the media, the general media, leaving them with the ultimate conclusion. And if you don't make it for them, they, they can't take that leap. That's what Brzezinski says. Eventually, the public will be unable to make their own decisions. He says they'll expect the media to do it for them. That was in the 1970s. Well, they've got there by now. They're there. They can't, people can't make their own decisions. Now, we know from years ago, because Israel had a whole list of countries they wanted taken out. It was the same as in the New American Century group. They published all the countries, and of course they had Turkey down there too. But it says Turkey, uh, says Turkish Prime Minister Recep Tayyip Erdogan has called Israel a terrorist state for its offensive in the Gaza Strip now in its sixth day. Erdogan's comments Monday came a day after U.S. lawmakers called on Turkey and Egypt to help end the conflict in the Middle East. What a joke. The U.S. has just armed Israel to the teeth again. It's been in the mainstream, for goodness sake, and given them the iron shield, this iron dome thing, uh, missiles, they, they can take, pick out a fly coming across the desert two feet off the ground, you know, uh, and, and so on. Uh, it's amazing too, just when they had their exercise with the U.S. terminated, they just finished the biggest exercise with the U.S. and, and Israel, uh, suddenly Israel attacks Gaza and Gaza retaliates and they're at war again. Anyway, Endrigan accused Israel of inhumane acts of meeting, gathering religious leaders and added, this is why I see Israel as a terrorist state, because of all the dead folk and slaughtered children and all the usual stuff that nobody cares about. And then this article too is from antiwar.com and it talks about some it says the Israeli military meticulously calculate, callously calculate the number of calories. This is what they did. They, they, they calculate the number of calories that Gaza residents would need to consume in order not to starve, but not be too healthy either, and use those calculations to inform how to impose a harsh economic blockade on the Palestinians, according to a newly re- released document. I've got the links here too. I'll put it up. These are official documents. In the January 2008 document, Israel decided to allow Gazans to eat 2,209 calories worth of food each day as if they were uh, dogs in a cage. They estimated, uh, therefore, that they would allow 1,836 grams of food per day per person. So they restricted it, cut it down. This is exactly what um, you, you find eugenicists talked about, too, uh, like Thomas Malthus. This is what they did with their slaves, by the way. They would cut it down to make them a bit weaker so they couldn't run off or, or couldn't fight back, but they'd just stay alive. It says the overwhelming blockade uh, Israel imposed in Gaza, tightening restrictions on the movement of people and goods, was supposedly punishment for having Hamas in power. It's amazing, too, if you study Hamas, it was Israel that apparently they helped to get up and gone. The official goal of the policy was to wage economic warfare, which would paralyze Gaza's economy, and according to the Defense Ministry, create pressure on the Hamas government. Mind you, that's what uh, Madron Albright also did with, uh, with Iraq, too. She put on the blockade and starved over well over half a million uh, men, women, and children to death. And she said it was worth it, actually, when she was interviewed on it, remember. You understand what the psychopathic mindsets of these people happen to be, and they have a lot in common. Also, I'll put up tonight a little video 
by Ken O'Keefe. Ken O'Keefe has been fighting um, on the Palestinian side for a long time, trying to get their rights and so on. He also was in some of the ships that have been turned back on flotillas that bring aid into Gaza. But uh, he was on television recently, and he said it like it is. He's an ex, I think, U.S. Marine, and he was in the Iraq one war, I think. But anyway, he's um, he's speaking out about what's happening in, in Israel. And I think what he's getting at, too, is the hatred of Israelis towards Arabs is now institutionalized, for those who don't quite get that. Uh, that's the claim they made, by the way. Uh, Harry Hopkins made another ones who set up the systems for post-war uh, Germany, World War II, and Japan. I don't think you, you don't understand that the, the U.S. was heavily involved in creating a new culture for the people. And they literally banned the people in Germany from even knowing their history. The youngsters didn't know any history at all. And the reason that they said for it, they said it, uh, they were doing that is because hatred towards others through the Nazi regime would linger too long uh, because it had been institutionalized in their minds. So that, so one generation to grow up, pass away, become old and just die off. And then maybe the next generation would be taught some of the facts. Standard. Anyway, this, this guy, Ken O'Keefe, goes into a little rant about what's happening in Gaza. And also put up his, his, uh, his, his wiki page as well to show him some of his history there. And um, this article here is to do with uh, <laughs> the wonderful green energy. We've all heard about the incredible money that's just been wasted, taxpayers' money, on these private corporations that government is hand in glove in to do with green energy. It says two more stimulus-backed solar companies announce layoffs. And it's a pair of foreign-owned solar companies that may benefit from a combined $84 million in energy department tax credits have announced they will lay off employees. One of the companies is German-owned SolarWind. It was an integral part in the fight for tariffs against the importation of Chinese uh, photovoltaic solar panels. The other Chinese company, SunTech, blamed those tariffs for its own layoffs. Both companies benefited from the Energy Department stimulus-funded Advanced Energy Manufacturing Tax Credit. The 40C tax credit is worth up to 30% of the cost of manufacturing qualifying green energy products. And it says here, both companies announced this week that they were shed some employees, like how they shed some employees, like it's dead skin or something. Solar World, which announced a 47% revenue decline in the third quarter, blamed a potential 37 layoffs at its Oregon plants on illegal Chinese trade practices. The SunTech said the U.S. International Trade Commission's 35.95% tariff on Chinese solar panels was partially responsible for the 50 impending layoffs at its Arizona production facilities. So they all live on the taxpayers' money, all the per se. I mean, great. Can you get in a business started by getting cash from the government? With this kind of money, too. And when they ask, what happened to that? All these millions of dollars. Oh, well, we don't know. You know, bad bookkeeping or something. Quite the scam, see? Now, the Washington State Farm Bureau just convened its 93rd annual convention. It's a voluntary grassroots advocacy organization representing the social and economic interests of local farm and ranch families. It says every year uh, the volunteers, leaders from across the state, get together to discuss issues and adopt new policy. 
It says the WSFB is unique in its members. Delegates from each of the 25 county farm bureaus adopt policies ranging from land use to fiscal issues. This year's convention was especially exciting due to the passage of new policy set to put a barrier against the overreach of the federal government and even foreign ones. It says this year we indeed adopted a policy opposing all aspects of United Nations Agenda 21, as well as a policy opposing the use of drones to spy on farms without express permission from the the landowner, said John Stillmiller, Director of Government Relations. As an Okanagan uh, County Farm Bureau member, I'm personally very excited about the new policies that were passed. The issues facing Okanagan County today can all be tied back to Agenda 21 at some level, where it be land acquisitions, wolves or salmon recovery, says Pamela Leslie. She also noted that drones are of great concern as well. Drones are being used around the country to spy on farmers and ranches as well as average citizens. By adopting these new policies, the Washington State Farm Bureau has sent a strong message that it will aid Okanagan County in our grassroots movements to fight this kind of tyranny. Now they're, they're pretending that the drones are out there to make sure you're using your land properly and not despoiling it like the big agribusiness boys do with their poisons. And it says farmers nationwide were upset when it was learned that the, the EPA was spying on cattle ranchers in Iowa and Nebraska. Seattle residents were also up in arms after Seattle Police Department received a drone. <laughs> Alabama made news when they adopted a law protecting due process and pri- uh, private property by prohibiting any government involvement with or participation in Agenda 21. Washington farmers now join the ranks of citizens nationwide moving to protect their constitutional rights. Most time people did start to protect them, otherwise they're, they're done for. And also this article too, it says Russian Arctic scientists, it's a top scientist in Russia, says permafrost changes in the Arctic are due to natural factors and it's going to be colder, he says. Uh, Sebastian Luning and Fritz Varnholz de Kaltson represents, or presents an interesting view on permafrost from Russia. That's quite interesting too, because people, because we don't really know how it works, take things for granted when they think things are melting. The guy says, no, the permafrost is not melting even when it's warmer, and we're going to go into a bigger and deeper freeze uh, in the next few years. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting for the Matrix and we'll take Connie from Ohio. Are you there, Connie? Hey, Alan, how are you? Not too bad at all. Oh, yeah. that's great. Um, heard, I guess, that the people have petitioned Washington to stop the geoengineering, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, it's going to happen. I mean, with all the, the perversion and all the war and all the children dying, oh my gosh, it's terrible. Um, I was taking a walk today, and they completely blotted out the sun with chemtrails. It was nasty. It was so nasty. So it's a wonder why there's so much apathy in the world. I'm sure they got something in those aerosols that are making people just not care. Well, I remember, too, that, that uh, it was Brzezinski that talked about the, the technotronic era in, in the 1970s. He said, eventually, they'll use a, we'll use a technique that can literally pacify whole continents, he said, by using ELF waves. 
and some simply simple pulses, very cheap to make actually, by the way. But also, if you, if you, if you spray this stuff in the atmosphere, because it was Teller who came up with the idea of spraying stuff in the atmosphere, metallic particles especially, and they could also use this in combination with ELF waves or harp technology, then they could pulse the brains of the public and put them into almost a stupor or make them excited. It depends on the frequency they use. I think they're using all of it together, so you're quite right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I've even seen the ripples in the clouds, the little waves, yeah. and they're also uniform. Oh, incredibly so, eh? Incredibly uniform. But uh, uh, every, it's not a day goes by, I don't watch them doing it. Uh, and uh, it's rather blatant. This weekend, they were doing it very low, in fact, for a change. And uh, just going back and forth, back and forth. And you see all this, this mush yeah. form, and it rolls in, and then, and then you start coughing. In Ontario here, officially from the government itself, they say that we're, the bird population is down uh, about 80-odd percent. In the last five years. Well, yeah, it's disgusting. My head has been completely congested, but I don't have any infection either. I've been yes. dizzy with like vertigo, and my ears have been plugged up, and I'm wondering if I'm being affected by all of this. Yeah, you're not the only one. Lots of folk have this problem, uh, and they, they think it's a kind of flu-type symptom they've got, and uh, it gets into your nasal cavities, and, and it causes tinnitus in your ears, ringing in the ears. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. Yep. And you just can't get rid of it. When you think you're shaking it off, it starts all over again. Yep, exactly. Now, they've known this for years. They, they understand, they know all of the effects in real time of how it affects populations, so they're well aware of the causes and what it's doing to us. But they're not going to stop, you understand. No, of course not. No. They got, they got a plan. <laughs> yes, and, and the only thing to, where you stop them is for the people who stop them. Stop all of this nonsense. Because... Um, as far as I'm concerned, I've declared war upon the public, which means they're beyond negotiation. Oh, yeah. And that's where it is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's yeah, beyond negotiation. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. And when people have declared a war upon you and says, okay, there'll be X amount of folk will die of this and, and have um, terrible disabilities too, uh, and you're not even consulted, then you have, been, you have had war practiced upon you, which is beyond any uh, uh, negotiation or compromise. And then that's then now you've got a real problem. What do you do now? And that's really where everybody's at with this whole thing. I don't think they realize this is what it is. It's a war upon the general public of the world. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah. But that's where we are. And I've known a lot of people. The pharmacists know all this stuff. They, mean, they don't know what's causing it, but they do know that their biggest sellers for, since 1998 have been anti-allergy pills, to clear up their bronchial problems, uh, antibiotics, uh, more and more frequent prescriptions to the same people of antibiotics and, and infections that don't seem to even clear up. Uh, uh, so they're well aware that they're, going, they're, they're creating a lot of money through the sales of this stuff, but they don't know the causes of it. Again, Alan, thank you so much for what you're doing. Thanks for calling in. Good night. And from Hamish Massey, Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.